translation. Henceforward, may all our words describe your pastimes. May our ears engage in oral reception of your glories. May our hands and legs and other senses engage in actions pleasing to you. And may our minds always think of your lotus feet. May our heads offer our obeisances to everything within this world, because all things are also your different forms. And may our eyes see the forms of Vaishnavas, who are non-different from you. What a super verse. This is, this is potent. So I'll say and you say. Henceforward, may all our words describe your pastimes. May our ears engage in oral reception of your glories. May our hands and legs and other senses engage in actions pleasing to you. And may our minds always think of your lotus feet. May our heads offer obeisances to everything within this world because all things are also your different forms. And may our eyes see the forms of Vaishnavas who are non-different from you. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Here, the process of understanding the Supreme Personality of Godhead is given. This process is bhakti. Shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam padasevanam archana vandanam dasyam sakyam atma videdanam nivedanam. Oh, that's Bhagavad Gita 7, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam 7.5.23. Oh, everything should be engaged in the service of the Lord. Rishikesha, Rishikesha, Sevanam Bhaktir Uchyate, Narada Panchanratra. Uh, everything, the mind, the body, and all the sense organs should be engaged in Krishna's service. This is also to be learned from expert devotees like Narada. Uh, Swayambhu and Sambhu. This is the process. We cannot manufacture our own way of understanding the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For it is not that everything one manufactures or concocts will lead to understanding God. Such a proposition, Yatamat Tatupat, Prabhupada used to say that a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I'll explain that later. But such a proposition, Yatumat Tatupat, is foolish. Krishna says, Bhaktyaham Ekhayagrahaya. Only by executing the activities of bhakti can one understand me. Bhagavad Gita 11, 14, 21. This is called Anukalina Krishna Anusulium, remaining engaged favorably by the service of the Lord. Huh? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, I missed that. So this is a very potent verse. It's not very long. The purport isn't very long, but Prabhupada says, I mean, there's a lot. There's like three classes here, you know. So... Uh, if you'll bear with me, I'll try to at least try to attempt to give one. Omagana tamarindas yaganjana shalakaya chakshur unmilitam jenatas my sri gurave namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Shtapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakata Mayam Dadanti Swapadantikam. Bancha Kalpata Rubyas Chakripasindupiabichapatitanam Pavanabu Vaishnavabu Namo Namaha. So uh once again, this verse, I'll read it. Henceforward, now this again is um, um, Mani Grieve and uh, Nala Kuvra, who were cursed to stand as trees, and uh, they were there for a hundred years. Narada Muni had cursed them to stand uh, as trees. And Krishna, after he had been tied by, by his mother, uh, 
she thought, you know, if I tie him to this heavy grinding stone, then I've got him. You know, now I've got, I've got, I can control this Krishna. <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> he won't do any more uh, naughtiness because I've got him tied to this grinding stone, and it's, you know, a child could never pull this grinding stone. So, but anyway, Krishna crawled and he and he uh, pulled the grinding stone and tore down the two uh, Arjun trees. Uh, liberating these two souls who had been cursed to stand there from their uh, illicit activities. And uh, Narada Muni had been um, uh, offended by their actions and cursed them. So now, as they're released, they're offering these wonderful prayers, you see. Now they get to see Krishna. So they're offering sweet prayers to Krishna, you see. And they're saying, uh, henceforward, they're begging Krishna, henceforward, may all our words describe your pastimes. May our ears engage in oral reception of your glories. May our hands, legs, and other senses engage in actions pleasing to you. And may our minds always think of your lotus feet. May our heads offer obeisances to everything within this world, because all things are also your different forms. And may your eyes see the forms of Vaishnavas. Uh, may our eyes see the forms of Vaishnavas who are non-different from you. So they're saying, uh, henceforward, may all our words describe your pastimes. So what they're asking uh, Krishna for is, uh, please give me the ability to control my tongue. You see, I don't want nonsense to come from my mouth. So henceforward, may my, my, may my tongue be in, uh, engaged in speaking your glories, chanting your glories, you see. Now, they're face-to-face with Krishna, you see. It's not an idle prayer. Sometimes, you know, I remember when I was a child, I would, uh, uh, long before I became a devotee, I would sometimes pray at night, you know, give me a bicycle, you know, I hope I get firecrackers for the 4th of July, you know, just... So here I am in the dark under the covers somewhere, and I'm thinking God is like way up there in the stratosphere and, you know, on the clouds peeking down at me, you see, or way far up there, you know. Impersonal. I was impersonal with him. To me, he had no face, you know. He, he I probably had some kind of a form. Uh, and I, was, I, I thought when I became a devotee that I was a personalist, well, I'm not like these impersonalists that Prabhupada talks about, you know. I believe God has a form. I'm a personalist. You know, I was talking with Jaidwaita Maharaj about that one time. A couple of years ago in, in India we were talking. You know, we both had the similar experience. We're reading Prabhupada's books when we became devotees, and after a short time we started to wonder, who are these Mayavadis? Prabhupada does not like these Mayavadis, you know. Uh, what did they do to him when he was a child? Did they tease him or something? And, and you know, what did they? What did what did these people do to Prabhupada? He just really is giving them a slam every few pages in the, in the Bhagavad Gita. You know, here they are, here's the Mayavadis. Who are these people? You know, they don't sound like me. You know, this impersonal thing. I don't believe that. You see, but as I read further and got some understanding. Uh, Jadwaita Maharaj and I, uh, we were both talking. We both, and I think many devotees, practically everybody will come to this, well, everybody will come to this conclusion that, wait a minute, that's me. I'm the Mayavadis. I didn't give him any personality, you see. Uh, The Supreme Lord, I don't know what he, I had no idea what he looked like. I don't know what his personality is. But yet I, I considered myself a personalist, you see. So uh, here these uh, fortunate souls are looking Krishna in the face. <laughs> Very close. They're, you know, almost reaching distance. They're looking at Krishna. So they have this advantage. My dear Lord, now that I see you, uh, don't let me engage in any gramyakata, uh, village gossip. In other words, what, I want to engage my tongue in praising you, in, in speaking of your pastimes. Now, we may say, well, you know, that's easy for these guys. They saw Krishna. 
They were engaged in uh, uh, Krishna's pastimes. It's easier for them. Of course, they're going to talk about this for eternity. You see? So we're trying to let ourselves off the hook. You know, it was easy for them. You know, they were Arjun trees. Krishna killed them. They were liberated, and they got to look him in the face. Well, of course, you know. But we get to go before him every day, you see. Huh? So uh, as we become more and more personal, we start to realize the personality of uh, Krishna is here. He is here. This is the personality and the form of Krishna. Kalachanji is here, you see. So we... Uh, as we, grow, as, as we grow in our Krishna consciousness, we will go before the Lord and we will ask these same things. Please help me to uh, tweak my tongue. Please force me if necessary. Do what is necessary, but help me to control this tongue. Don't let me talk nonsense. You know, so many times Prabhupada said, don't talk nonsense. He was very strict about that, you know, you didn't, go to, you didn't go to visit Srila Prabhupada, nor should you any devotee. I don't know of any of my sannyasi guru, God brothers, <coughs> that I can go visit. And we talk a little bit about Krishna and Prabhupada. And then, uh, uh, you know, hey, how about those rangers? Did you hear they made it in the, in the World Series? Hey, you think they're going to take it in four straight games? You see? You didn't talk to Prabhupada about, hey, who do you think is going to win the, the Super Bowl or... The World Cup or what is the World Cup? Is that soccer? I don't. Huh? Whatever. You know, you, you didn't talk to him about. Prabhupada didn't engage in that. He engaged in Krishna Kata. You see? And that's what these souls are begging for. Don't ever let me speak anything that's not related to your glories. You see? Now, sometimes we may think, well, that sounds pretty dry. You see? Oh, the sages just keep coming in. Where'd you park your flower airplane? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, sometimes people may say, well, you know, that sounds a little dry. Always talking about Krishna. Always talking about Krishna. I mean, you know, I want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, the weather or, you know, whatever. There's, you know, so many things. There's so many things. Well, what I, I spend a lot of time in the park because I walk. And I'll walk until I get tired and sometimes I sit down, you know, on a bench and observe people, you know. I'll be chanting, but I'll listen to what people say. I'm really curious if you're trying to save somebody, you at least need to get into their mode of thinking. So I'm listening to what people say. And it's always, I'm thinking, I, I never hear any Krishna kata. I'm thinking, that, and people are trying, they're talking, one person's talking, blah, 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 you know, it's like a million miles an hour. And as soon as the other one can get a word in edgewise, they talk, start talking, you know. Oh, little Johnny's going to go now. He's going to go to Stanford. Oh, I don't want, little Mary's going to go to Yale. You know, and it's just like blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I look at these people and I think, how can you say so much about nothing? Absolutely nothing. And, and I just sit there like a fool with my jaws hanging open. And if they look at me, they probably think I'm some kind of a nut or a drunk or something because I'm just... I'm amazed at how much they can think of to say none of it about Krishna or God, Jesus, Allah, nobody. You know, it's just they go on and they go on and they go on, you see. And they complain. Now there's this big, uh, I, I stay out of politics, but you can't help but, but, uh, but recognize now these people. I hear them complain about uh, the, the um, uh, economy. Economy's terrible, you know, and they're protesting Wall Street because they're saying the big, the big bad mean guys are hoarding all the money. You know, the big bad mean guys that have the good karma to make the money. So we're arguing with about that. So if we were religious, I think we would argue. We would say to God, God, why did you give them 
Why are you why are you completing the contract? They did some activity and now you've made them rich and we're objecting to you, God. You see, their karma led them to wealth from their actions. You could say, but they stole it still. If you don't have the karma, you can't steal it. You know, if you have the karma, uh, uh, then you can steal it. If you don't, you go into the bank to steal the money and you get shot. You don't have karma, but you have to have the karma. So people discuss a lot about how uh, there's not enough. There's not enough for the rest of us. So I'm sitting there hearing that chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I was in Tucson, and I'm sitting in the, uh, in the shade chanting. And so then I see this car come up, and it's like um, uh, an SUV, late model, not brand new. You know, not a bad car, but probably, you know, three, four years old maybe. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, but some kind of SUV. Uh, man and a woman get out. They open the back door. Two big dogs get out. Big, huge dogs. The dogs take off running a thousand miles an hour, running up to everybody. And they're standing right next to a sign that says leash law. You know, $2,000 fine. You have to have your dogs on. But they let their dogs uh, run because we're special. That law doesn't apply to us. And so then I thought, okay, so I'm chanting for a while. And I thought, here we are in America. They probably paid, you know, $25,000. Twenty-eight, thirty thousand dollars for this car at some time or other, and now they're hauling around two big dogs. So it's like a twenty-five thousand dollar doghouse. And I thought, and the economy is really bad, really or really hurting. So I'm sitting there for a while, and then uh, up drives another couple, and they're in like a something looks like a brand new Chevrolet, uh, I think an Impala, nice looking car. No, man and woman, they get out, open the back door, two big dogs get out. They walk right past the, the, the leash law sign, the dogs run a million miles an hour, run up to everybody, bothering everybody, you know, harassing. You know, if you see a big dog, a pit bull running at you at 30 miles an hour, what are you going to do? <gasps> oh, he's okay. How do I know that? You know, how do I... I don't know you, and I don't know your dog. So anyway, so they did their thing. The dog terrorized all these people and bothered everybody. And then they got the car and left, and I thought, you know, I don't know how much a Chevy costs, but, you know, this is America. So a couple of rounds later, here comes another car, a new Cadillac, brand-new Cadillac, sticker in the window, man and woman. They get out. They open the back door. You guessed it. Two big dogs get out and start to run. You know, no leash, no nothing. And so I thought, that does it. You know, this is America. What is this insanity? They've got now, I know Cadillacs cost about $50,000, isn't it? $45,000, $50,000. So now here's a $50,000 doghouse, brand new. And these people are hauling their dogs. And, but yet the economy is really bad. The rich people have stolen everything. So I thought, this, this does it. I <laughs> completely fried. So I chanted another couple of rounds. And just as I'm about to leave, a brand new Mercedes pulled up. You know the story. Man and a woman opened the back door, two big dogs. Brand new Mercedes. We're talking an $80,000 car. I mean, it could be more. You see, $80,000 doghouse. So this is America, uh, you see. And all these people were talking about, you know, yada, 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 yada. So everybody's got their expensive doghouses that they roll around and haul their dogs in. And dogs, the dogs always have real cute names, Rex or something, you know. Uh, and uh, the people are so proud of them. They want everybody to see my dog. I want you to see my dog. Oh, he's okay. That leash law applies to other, other people's dogs, not mine, because mine are special, even though they're pit bulls. You know, um, 
half of these people had pit bulls, the other had like, you know, big dogs, German Shepherd, whatever, big. So uh, the point is that people are so busy in their lives complaining about what I don't have, what you stole from me, what I, don't, what I just don't have. I can only afford a Chevy for my traveling doghouse. First of all, I can only afford two big dogs, you know, and uh, and that guy over there, he's got a Mercedes for his big dogs, and he's so he must have stole some money from me, whining and crying. And you see, what does this have to do with Krishna? Here, Shukadev Goswami is taking two chapters to talk of one particular pastime of Krishna's. <laughs> you see, he's he, he is so he, he's teaching us the method for Krishna Kata. You see, we don't say, yeah, hey, did you hear Krishna was bad? He got tied up and uh, he pulled down some trees and liberated a couple of guys. See, instead of two chapters, you could just spit it out like that. But instead, the devotee savors it. Every bit of it, you see. Not only that we chant it every night, we chant this pastime of Damodar. This is such a wonderful experience. So the devotee should take... Uh, Take shelter in this uh, uh, oral reception. We, uh, well, I mean, we recite, we speak. With that, if we all practice that, then oral reception, we're hearing. That's the next thing they ask for. May I always speak Krishna Kata. May I always hear Krishna Kata. You see? You remember, you know, we, we have this prayer, my dear Lord, may I always remember you and never forget you. And these guys are taking it even, this is, they're saying the same thing, but they're taking it into detail. May, how may I achieve this? May I always speak your pastimes and your glories. May I always hear your pastimes and glories. Not just when I go to the temple or when my devotee friends and I are finished talking some other kind of kata. Always, always, may it never stop. May I hear this, you see. Now, we come to the temple and we hear these wonderful pastimes of Krishna and Krishna's devotees, stories of Srila Prabhupada, you know. We hear these and we, and, and we feel ecstatic. It's very sweet. Uh, and, and then we leave and we go about our lives and we get involved in other things that take us away from these thoughts and our words change to different types of words. Now, sometimes we have to. We're engaged. We go to a job. You know, if, you're, if, you're in a, if you go to work and you're only talking about Krishna and you're not talking about your product or your, your, your service or whatever, you're not going to last, you see. So you have to engage in uh, some kata, some speech other than than Krishna, when you go to work, when you do certain things, you know, if you're building a house, you know, it's like Chaitanya's trying to redo his house over there. You've got to talk some plumbing kata, don't you? You, know? <laughs> you can't talk Krishna kata all day, or it won't get done. Those those Hispanic guys will tell how they'll do it. So you got to tell them. So there are distractions that will pull us away. That's the nature of the material energy. It's supposed to do that. It's supposed to do something. To, you know, here you are wanting to talk Krishna, you see, but the material energy is over here. Hey, about me. Hey, talk about me. You know, trying to trap you. So we get entrapped uh, into talking uh, about this and that. We have to from certain things. So uh, may our ears be engaged in oral reception. May I always hear about your glories. May our hands, legs, and other senses engage in actions pleasing to you. Another prayer. This is really sweet. Another part of this prayer, looking in the face of boy Krishna. They're looking at Bala Krishna, and they're saying this. You know, may our hands and our legs. It's like Ambarish Maharaj has this wonderful prayer where he's saying similar, you know, very similar in Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, may my legs be engaged in taking me to the temple. You see, or on Parikama, you know, walking around the holy, uh, the holy places. So, 
May I use my hands and my legs. So, in other words, take away any nonsense uh, or any um, uh, side, uh, side job, any, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, uh, any, uh, I'm losing it. Uh, I can't get the word. It's tough to get old. Uh, don't let the material energy distract me from the use of my hands and my legs. Don't let the material energy give me something else that I have to do other than use my hands and legs in, in serving you. Uh, in doing th- actions pleasing to you, you see. Uh, it's like when we cook prasadam. Uh, in the beginning, when we first become devotees, and for a long time probably, uh, we, we, we understand the concept of prasadam. We cook it for Krishna. You see, we understand it. We, we offer patram pushpam palam toyam with love and devotion. If you offer me certain things, I will accept it. You see, so we get that understanding. So when we go home to cook, we kind of lose that. You see, I don't know if everybody, I hope I don't offend anybody, but it's a lot of us are kind of like that. It's kind of like, I just think, oh, let's see. Well, today, you know, I think I'd like to have this. So I go and cook it, put it in front of the Lord. Okay, here, you do your thing, bless it, because I want to eat it. Turn it, in, turn it into prasadam. You know, I cooked it for me. I cooked for my tongue. And now I want him to accept it. And that's nice. That's better than not offering. That's better than going to a restaurant. That's, but is it first class? You see, is it doing actions? Are, are we trying to please him? See, in other words, we can always raise the bar in spiritual consciousness. It's unlimited. Let us not get to the point to where we, we become stagnant and think, you know, well, I'm going to pound out some macaroni and cheese and he ought to like that. Or I'm going to, I'm going to steam some broccoli for him, you know. What does he like? If we read, we find out. What is that prayer, the, the, the noon boga prayer? You know that? Yeah, all these wonderful, I mean, there's this, the descriptions. If you read that prayer, read the English, it makes you drool. You hear, oh, boy, <laughs> they're offering this to Krishna. And you read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and you hear the things that Lord Chaitanya is feasting on. You see? So a lot of people will say, well, how do we know what he wants? Read. It's, it's there, you know. That's what we do. We read and we talk with others. Ask, ask devotees. Ask senior people. Ask your guru. What is Krishna like? You see? Now, that's really nice if you can think, well, let's see, tonight, let's see, last night I fixed Krishna... Uh, this particular subji and this, these pakoras and this. So tonight I think I'm going to give him something else. I'm thinking about Krishna. I'm cooking for Krishna. I'm doing uh, what's pleasing to him. That's really nice. You see, if you have the facility to cook and you're not on the road running all the time, sometimes we have to just grab what we can grab to eat, you see. But if you have a nice place, it's sweet to you to think, what will be pleasing to you, Krishna? You see, we can tell that our love is starting to mature when we start to think like that. My dear Lord, what, what can I do? What would you like me to do today? I'm going to plan my, my schedule for next week. Uh, what would please you? You see, I'm going to go uh, here and there, or I'm going to go make you know, these plans. What would Krishna want me to do? You know, so we start thinking like that. What would Guru and Krishna do? How can I please? Not that if someone is not doing absolutely like that, I'm not saying, well, you're fallen, you're not a good devotee. No, it's very good. Sometimes people, um, uh, they get their feelings hurt. They think, oh, you're, what are you, how would you say? Well, no, no, no. I mean, we're talking about raising the bar. If it... If it can be raised, we should want it raised. After all, we want 
the most desirable thing, the most valuable thing that can be uh, had. We want Krishna Prema, pure love of Godhead. We want to go back to Godhead. You see? That's what we want. We want to look Krishna in the face. We want to embrace him. We want to hold his hand. And when we get there, when we get back to Goloka Vrindavan, we're not going to say, oh, boy, it's nice to see you, Krishna. Uh, hey, call me. You know, I'll see you later. Where's my room? You know, I thought I'd go turn in. No, you're going to be, a, you're going to be following him around like his shadow. You're going to become his shadow. You're not going to deal him out. You know, you're going to follow him around like a little puppy. You see? You're going to be thinking every minute, what can I do? The culprabriksha trees there will fulfill your, any desire you have. And the only desire that you have in the uh, uh, Goloka Vrindavan is something for Krishna. You don't think, oh, you know, I'd like a nice uh, mango malted milk. So for me, you know, hey, culprabriksha tree, give me a mango malted milk, you know. You know, <laughs> you're thinking, what can I get for Krishna? Krishna becomes the center of your universe. But he should do that before checkout time. This should happen before death, before we leave this body. Now, if we're trying real hard, if we're struggling to get there, and we happen to die prematurely, Krishna will fulfill his promise. I'll carry you. I'll provide what you lack. You're trying to get there. You, and you, you had it in your heart and in your mind and you were struggling to get there to be uh, only thinking of me, only talking of me, uh, uh, offering everything to me, thinking of me all, always. You were trying your best and that was your goal, you see. So uh, here you've di- you died a premature death and I'll fill in, I'll take you. Now, I'll provide what you lacked, you see. But if we're just casual... If we're really not trying that hard, then I don't know. I don't know. Krishna may say, well, I don't know if you're... I don't feel the love totally. I don't think your love has matured to the point that you can come into this kingdom, Kaloka Vrindavan. So perhaps you should take birth in the material world in a very favorable situation, you see. You'll get a very favorable situation and you'll take off from birth where you left off in this lifetime and this next time it'll be much easier for you. You'll be born in a family of um, spiritual devotees, um, aristocratic, you know, everything will be favorable. It'll be much easier the second time. So if that's acceptable, then we can be casual. You know, we can... We can think, well, I just cook whatever I want, throw it on the altar, you know. Maybe that'll get me there. Or we can really, really try, my dear Lord. Uh, and we find ourselves sometimes thinking, you know, because of my health, I've got to eat this. So I'm sorry, my Lord, I'm, I'm cooking you some steamed vegetables. I really, I wish that I had something nicer for you, you see. So, but I can only eat you know, soaked chickpeas or something like that, something silly for my health, something ridiculous that you wouldn't offer Krishna, but I need that because I can't eat anything else. So, my dear Lord, please excuse me. Well, that's nice. You know, Krishna accepts that. You know, it's not that, well, whatever I want, all I have to do is throw it in the altar. You know, here, bless this. Thank you very much. And then I eat it. (laughs) See? Does that make any sense? You see? So, uh, again, so as not to step on tender toes, sometimes people think, uh, uh, seem to think, he's talking about me. You know, I always felt that way when I heard Prabhupada. When I was, did you feel that way? Yeah, whatever, every class I was at, Srila Prabhupada's, I always felt like, who filled him in on, on me? How does he know? How does he know? I felt like, He's talking about me. Of course, that's false ego because the world revolves around me, even Prabhupada. If somebody's giving a lecture, of course they're talking about me. 
Who else would they be talking about? Don't you know who I am? You know, they're not going to be talking about anybody else. It's got to be me. <laughs> so, that's the nature of uh, a false ego. So, and may our minds always think of your lotus feet. Uh, start to think of Krishna as our eternal partner. You know, uh, it's just like um, we meet at people who uh, were once alcoholics, and they'll say, "I'm a I'm a recovering alcoholic." Have you ever heard people say that? You know, oh well, how long has it been since you had a drink? Forty-seven years. Really? Don't you think you're cured? They don't think they're cured. No, I'm recovering. So with us. We are, at least speaking for myself, I'm a recovering impersonalist. I'm recovering. I'm not, I'm not cured yet. I see Krishna all the time. I chant. I try to talk to him all the time. And I actually feel like I'm having this relationship with him in my life. But at any minute, I can go back. I can, I can go back to the impersonal concept. At any, on, in, on any particular item. At any minute, I can deal with some of my... Uh, fellow man, my God brothers, on an impersonal level. You see, I'm not cured yet. I'm trying, but I can't say that I'm recovered. I would be lying to myself and to everyone else if I said, oh, I am a total personalist. No, I'm a recovering impersonalist. I'm a recovering demon. I can be demoniac at any moment if I don't keep... Uh, like the leash, we were talking about the leash on the dogs. I don't keep my leash on. You let me off the leash. When Krishna lets me off his leash, there's no telling what I'll do. You see? Completely unpredictable. So I have to stay. Uh, I have to beat on my mind to think about Krishna's lotus feet. I, don't, I can't trust myself uh, loose. You can't let me loose and let me run. There's no, t I won't come back, you know. So uh, I'm a recovering uh, uh, atheist. I'm a recovering demon, and I'm a recovering impersonalist. And I'm not there yet, but I want to get there, you see. And as long as I keep that in my mind, I can watch my mind and catch it when it wants to go impersonal or when it go wants to go demoniac, you see. If I... Take it for granted that, oh, hey, I got this, you know, I got this by the tail. Then I'm finished. If I drop my guard, I'm finished. Then again a demon. Again uh, an impersonalist. It'll come out like everything because I'm not over it yet. Why? Billions of, of, of years, millions and millions of lifetimes I've been this way. Always thinking everywhere, all the way along the line, always thinking that I had it. That I was right. You see. <laughs> so we want to we want to try very hard to uh, remember Krishna's lotus feet. May our heads offer obeisances to everything within this world. Uh, we should see everything as Krishna's energy. Anything that we can use in the service of Krishna, we should have great respect for. Anything that we cannot use in Krishna's service is rubbish, useless. If we can use it in Krishna's service, it's very wonderful. You see, great respect, worthy of obeisances. Anything that we can use in Krishna's service is worthy of our obeisances. And we should offer obeisances to all of Krishna's energy. You see, we see the beautiful mountains and forest, ocean, this is uh, Krishna's majesty. This is very wonderful. But not that we stay focused on that. We know it, this should make us think of Krishna. You know, some people, a lot of the younger people that we talk to in our travels, we see, uh, they, they think, oh, this is worshipable. There's nothing above this. If you just worship, you know, the, the cosmic manifestation, that's, that's really, really groovy awesome that's awesome awesome you know 
<laughs> you see? So in other words, things are so great, I don't need to go any higher than the Creator. I don't have to go to the Creator, you know. So I'm going to stop right here with this beautiful uh, forest or whatever, you know. But an intelligent man says, oh, well, who made this? i got to meet him, you see. Uh, very important, before we close, uh, may our eyes see the forms of Vaishnavas. This is part of their prayer. So they're asking, may my tongue and ears, hands and legs always be, and my, my, my mind fixed on your lotus feet, my senses engaged in your service. You're thinking, what more? That kind of sums it up. But they go so far as to say, may our eyes see the forms of the Vaishnavas. This is part of this prayer. They want to see the forms of the Vaishnavas. Now, if you have a remembrance of Krishna, what do you need with the Vaishnavas? The intelligence is, the intelligent souls see the Vaishnavas they say, who are non-different from you? Krishna's devotees are non-different from Krishna. We, there is a difference. We are not Krishna. But when we become a pure Vaishnava, we are non-different. It's like we were discussing. You see? Someone that's uh, cent per cent sold out when you sell your soul to Guru and Krishna, you become non-different. You don't speak anything that doesn't, uh, uh, that, that Guru and Krishna would not speak, you see. It's not like, well, when you're around Guru, you're talking about Krishna, Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, the Rathiatra he went to, oh, that was great. The Kirtan this morning was great, and your class was wonderful. And then, okay, i got to go. Then you leave the Guru, and you go out and talk your Gramya Kata. Silly. You see? How is that being non-different? That's very different from Krishna. You see? In other words, we should know. I am not non-different from Krishna. According to this, I'm expected to be non-different from Krishna. Isn't it? I'm expected to be non-different from Krishna. All of us. Not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe you can make it tomorrow. I can't. Somebody might. I don't know. We go at different paces. But let's not forget the goal. If you don't look at the target, you can't hit the bullseye. You've got to have the end in mind. Know where we're going. Here's the plan. This is my destination. This is what I want to achieve. And be honest by saying... And I'm not there yet. I am not okay spiritually. I'm not okay. But I'm trying to get okay. I'm trying to please the Lord. I'm trying to put him in my mind constantly. You see? I mess up. But if I don't try at least to put him in my mind constantly then I'm never going to get there, you see. If I don't at least try to see the target, I mean, if you just kind of take your gun and just shoot, what's the chance of hitting a bullseye? There is a chance. There is a chance. You know, like, bang. But if you really want to hit the bullseye, you've got to at least aim at the target, you see. It's just like uh, my son is into a long-distance uh, shooting, and uh, he's very particular about hitting the bullseye, you know, hitting the bullseye at 100 yards. You would think, well, if you hit the bullseye, that's good. Well, to him, it's not acceptable. It's got to be in the very center, right where the lines would cross, the very absolute center. And I say, well, why? You hit the bullseye. He goes, look at this one. This is pretty good. He says, no, that's rotten. Well, no, it's in the bullseye. No, it's not. The bullseye is the center. 
Well, it sounds a little bit OCDC, doesn't it? But his reasoning is that if you, if you miss the very center and hit on the outside of the bullseye, that's a bullseye at 100 yards. At 500 yards, it won't hit the... It, uh, at another 100 yards, it won't hit the bullseye. At another 100 yards, it won't even hit the target. At another 100 yards, you'll miss it by 30 feet. Just because you were a little bit outside, a little low at 100 yards. You see what I mean? Does this make sense? So, with our Krishna consciousness, if we're a little bit off today, over the long run, we're going to miss the target by a lifetime or two or ten, you see. We should be shooting for the bull, the exact center. Over the long haul, if, we can, if we're always trying to hit that perfect if we're always striving for, for perfection, then we'll get closer to it. it might even achieve, achieve perfection. You see? So that's our goal. Uh, so I guess I should ask for, if there are any questions or comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Yatomat Patotat. Uh, Yatamat Tatupat. Yatamat Tatupat. A lot of times, especially in Bengal, they do this. You'll be preaching, and someone will say, Yatamat Patotat. That means so many destinations and so many paths. It is all good. In other words, I can come up, uh, I can concoct a path. And we see this so much in the the younger folks that we... uh, uh, we preach to, you know. They come in and you say, um, you know, what faith do you follow? Well, I have my my own. And they're so proud. The false ego is just shining, you know. I have my own. I've put it together. I have my own path. You know, you know that's yatamat patata. You know. In other words, whatever. Whatever you desire. That's good. If it's good for you, uh, what is it? If it feels good, do it. You know, do your own thing. What's the hippie thing, you know? If, if it's good for you, then okay, very good. I see. You're on the right path. You know, Prabhupada is trying to show them, point them towards Krishna. And they're trying to say, well, there's so many destinations and there are so many paths. You know, and Prabhupada, he, <laughs> he hated it when they would do that. They still do that. The pe- preachers in Bengal, they go out and they're preaching and and not only Bengal, it's all over, but, you know, but especially it seems to be in Bengal. You know, you'll be preaching Krishna Kata, Krishna Consciousness, Bhakti Yoga. And they're, oh, yatamat patotat. You know, and you look at them and say, well, you can think like that, but that will not take you to Krishna. That will not take you to Goloka Vrindavan. So if you're wanting Ganesh or Shiva, then... Yeah, then follow that path, you see. So, but people like to concoct. Nowadays, it's very common. You know, I'm so proud that I have my own religion. You know, I gave class uh, not too long ago in El Paso, and a lot of these folks, uh, we see the young kids nowadays, they like to go get a little piece of this, and they go get a little piece of that, a little of that, a little of that, you know. Matt and Jessica are kind of like that. They got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they put it all together. And I said, it's like, you know, um, if somebody's trying to sell you a car and uh, the engine is, uh, has got, uh, the motor is made out of Toyota parts, Nissan parts, Chevy parts, Ford parts. Of course, it doesn't all fit together. The tolerances are terrible and the compression. To, but it's my concoction. I've got a, you know, I've got a, a Lexus door and a Cadillac trunk, and a, all the wheels are different. They're all, you know, would it would it take you? Would you could you tr- uh, trust that vehicle to take you to a, a destination? No. So why would you expect this? piecemeal vehicle that you're talking about to take you to the ultimate spiritual destination, that is insanity. 
Uh, we can't tell them that because their false ego will just get all upset. So we have to let them know it's foolish. Let them do the math and let them think, oh, yeah, wait a minute, that is kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, they even say there's this, they think, there, this is one, uh, one person I know in, uh, in Tennessee that says she's like a, uh, um, a bumblebee. I take nectar. The, bumble, the bumblebee goes from flower to flower and takes a little nectar out of each one. And so my spiritual life is like the bumblebee. I take the nectar from all different philosophies. And you end up knowing nothing that'll take you out of here at the time of death. Is that what you want? See? So that's that matama. Yeah, did you have a question, Mother Linda? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you've got a couple of a couple of dynamics to deal with when when you're a preacher. If you talk to, to if you're preaching, if the people are thinking, if they don't think that you're talking about me, well, because I'm so important and I'm the center of the universe, what's the use of coming to this class? Then, if you if they feel well, you are talking about me. Well, now I'm offended because I was perfect when I walked in that door. You cannot find any fault with me. The rest of these schmoes in here need your help, not me. You know, <laughs> I could save them, but they just won't listen to me. So maybe they'll listen to you. So here you are talking about me. So you get caught up. <laughs> so therefore, we can't, uh, we can't be concerned about this. Our, our, uh, our job is to deliver the message. Just, the postman, when he comes, you know, if, if he's got bad news... He doesn't open it up. He doesn't think, oh, boy, Mona, I, I got a bad notice from the IRS. I got to give this to Chaitanya Chandra. Well, he's going to be mad at me because I'm delivering this. I better open it up and change what's in here. Well, he'll be madder if I did that, you see. You, you, the, uh, the preacher has to deliver the message unchanged, unchanged. And he doesn't, he can't allow himself the luxury of thinking, <clears throat> I hope you don't get upset with me. I hope you don't think I'm not a nice guy. That's false ego. I want everybody to like me. You see? No, I want Guru and Krishna to like me. Everyone else will be fine. You see? If you can please Krishna, everyone is pleased with you. If you pour water on the root of a tree, all the branches and twigs get the effect. You see? So we direct, we try to please Guru and Krishna. If you do that, you please all living entities. Others maybe get a little upset with you for a little while, you know, but they'll get over it. But if you've got Krishna, if, you, if Guru and Krishna are happy, you will be happy. You will be pleased. And so will everyone else. All right, we should probably stop here. Thank you all so very much. Good, mother, uh, good morning, Mother Dorota. I'll see you in six months. Hare Krishna.